scripture reading this morning comes from Acts, the ninth chapter, verses 1 through 9. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to synagogues at Damascus so that he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The man, the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and through, though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Again, we like to welcome everyone with us this morning. Um, I see many faces who are returning to us, and we, we thank you for being with us this morning at Good Shepherd. Uh, but you know what? Christ is risen. Amen. We continue to celebrate these resurrection moments uh, in our lives and in the lives of, of ancient followers as, as modern-day Easter people. We see God alive and well and we witness the effects of the resurrection and these encounters of faithful followers of Christ. As we welcome everyone here at Good Shepherd, we are reminded that we are family, whether we're worshiping online or whether we're here in the house. But we want to thank everyone for being with us this morning as we spend some time together. I'm Pastor Regina and I'm looking forward to that time. Every day is Resurrection Day for an Easter people. And we are witnesses. And, and our sermon series is charging us to celebrate Christ in our everyday lives. It's calling us to lead others to a life of relationship with Jesus and challenging us to be loving to our neighbors and to God and making that the main focus of everything that we do. How we view resurrection experiences depends on our individual perspectives. Our witness depends on whether or not we're using the word witness as a noun or a verb. Post-resurrection experiences show us many witnesses to the resurrection and how their encounters influence their faith journeys. Resurrection witnesses, both ancient and modern, encounter the risen Savior and their lives are forever changed. As resurrection witnesses, we're discovering that our experience with Christ means something to our faith journey and we're discovering what it is that it means. We ask ourselves, how do we witness to the resurrection in our lives? Now Mary experienced that resurrected Jesus as he spoke her name. Hope was restored and despair vanquished as the sound of her name spoken by the risen Christ. Children, uh, on Children's Sunday, they showed us a risen Savior as the youngest among us witnessed to their faith and encouraged us to let our light shine wherever and whenever we can. The breaking of the bread and blessing of that bread allowed Cleopas and his friends to recognize Jesus. 
their Emmaus Road encounter encourages us to be observant and see Jesus' presence in our daily lives. Tabitha's faithful service to others demonstrated a resurrected Jesus in her life. And many followed Christ because of Tabitha's influence and Peter's obedience to answer the call of Christian action when she died. The tapestry of our lives threads are, are woven together by, Tabitha's, the, by the Tabithas that we encounter, the Tabithas we are to others, and the love of Christ that abides in us. Last week, last week we heard of Peter's many conversion or many encounters of, of the resurrected Jesus that led him to forgiveness, to being the bold witness for Christ, and to the foundation he became for the ancient church. Because Peter, we are changed to accept our own forgiveness. We are called to be bold to our own witness and to, ch- to be bold witnesses and challenged to be the church that welcomes all persons in the name of Christ. When Jesus opened Peter's mind to the acceptance of Gentiles, it allowed for us, all of us sitting here this morning, to be welcomed, in, welcomed into the family of God. Peter's eyes were opened in a spiritual sense. Today we read of another eye-opening experience and an encounter with Christ, that of Saul. As he walked the Damascus Road on on the way to persecute followers of Christ. Now Saul was not a very good man in the eyes of Christ's followers. He had a mean reputation and, and many feared him for good reason. Yet God saw characteristics in Saul that could witness to the masses about the truth of the gospel. Divine perspective was quite different from human perspective when it came to Saul. And Saul was later known as Paul. That's the thing about sight. Seeing is one thing. Perceiving is something quite different. Paul's conversion story sets, sets a high bar, one that most of us cannot reach. Many of us who grew up in the church would have a difficult time pinpointing that exact moment when we knew God was real and desired a relationship with us. For me, it was a gradual awareness that, that, was, that there was something bigger that, that was bigger than myself and it provided and guided and wooed me into a relationship. I was asked this week, how did I decide to become a preacher? And I don't think I really decided It was more like it came a time in my life when doing anything less would be choosing to be disobedient to God. My call into full-time ministry evolved over time, and I fully believe that my first call that was placed on my life was to be a teacher, and that this teaching profession is as much a call as what I'm doing today. I had had a lot to learn, And God had a lot to do to shape me into the pastor that I am today. I say all the time that only God could have called me off of the playground. I I ran from the call for at least six years that I will admit to, but others will tell you it was much longer. You see, my plan was far more detailed than God's plan. It involved a lot of bargaining on my part, 
there were elaborate plans as how I could do, still do the things that God wanted me to do and, and do it my own way. There were roadblocks and disappointments until, until I finally wore down and I began to listen to what God, not I, was saying and following God's plan and not my own Things got easier after that. and Not that everything was rosy, but the no's became softer and the yes's became more clear. Once I decided to, to listen and to see where God was leading, things began to fall into place and the journey got a little more smooth. I didn't have any blinding lights that opened my eyes, but there were lots of eye-opening realizations that opened my heart, allowing me to see those next steps more clearly. Paul's experience was different. This devout Jew who who thought he was doing what was right according to his religious teaching and what was honorable to his profession was misguided at best as as he sought to rid the world of the followers of the way who followed this Galilean named Jesus. What Paul didn't see coming was, was his own invitation to become a leader in this movement. Paul's desire to change the world started with a change in him that was unexpected. Now let's get, not get lost in Paul versus Saul and who was who when. There are too many examples of, in a biblical history that ch- changes of name represented an inward change in the same person because of an encounter with God. There was Jacob who was changed to Israel. Abraham and, Abram and Sarah who was changed to Abraham and Sarah. Simon changed to Peter. We're still talking about the same person only a change in perspective because an encounter with God. Paul was both Saul and Paul, depending on his context and where he was in any given moment. There was a definite change in the direction of his life. Paul speaks to that change through, through many letters to the churches that he shepherded. But today's scripture focuses on the powerful details of Paul's conversion as he encountered the voice of a living Christ. Paul's conversion experiences, experience focused on his identity. And our passage this morning doesn't tell us a lot about who Saul is and what motivates him, but previous chapters do give us a clear insight into his character and motivation. We read of Saul at the stoning of Stephen and his continual persecution and imprisonment of men and women who followed the way of Christ. Saul was vicious in his pursuit to purify his faith. He was zealous in his action. And our passage this morning opens with breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. What an image this creates of who Saul the man truly was. Recent events of of, of young men bringing violence into a community in order to purify the neighborhood of unsavory characters or the all-too-frequent news stories where where people with differing beliefs and races or religions are mistreated, victimized, harassed, and oppressed simply because of who they are by people of the opposite perspectives, perspectives parallel to who Saul is, the persecutor, the oppressor, the tormentor. Now, after witnessing these events or the stories that we hear about, we might wish for some heavenly flash of light and of a divine voice to ask, who are you persecuting? 
But that's not the question that the te- text asks. But, but what is meant behind that question if we dig deeper? Saul answers this question with a question which is never a good thing, but he wants to know who it is that dare knock him down and blind him. The identity in question is not Saul's, but Saul's realization of someone more powerful and persistent than himself in the effort to purify his faith. Saul is now physically blind. He was previously spiritually blind to the truth of faith in the way of Christ. He was arduously defending this religion he knew and the God he served. He was driven, self-assured, and he went where he wanted to go and made decisions based on seeing a situation and sizing up who were his enemies. But now, now he was being led by others to listen to a voice that was not his own. Daryl Stevens, the author of Bearing Witness in a Kingdom, Living into the Church's Moral Witness Through Radical Discipleship, says that witnessing to our faith by listening is the origin of being a moral witness to our faith. He states, To bear witness is to unburden our neighbors from the agony of an untold story. We are called to be present and attentive, to hear one another's stories, and then to care for that story as if it were our own. Saul heard the voice. He heard the voice of one who authored the gospel message, the one who died to redeem the gospel message, and the one who rose to see the gospel message continue to be told. Paul became someone who was, would now hold that story and care for it as if it were his own as he proclaimed the gospel message throughout the region and beyond. We are left with several questions today. What voices or entities do we need to hear the voice of Christ today? What voices have been silenced because of our certainty? What stories have been ignored in the presence and shouts of anger? Do we know the Lord we seek to follow, the one whose name we take and whose path we follow? We, like Saul, in our worldly blindness, must ask, Who are you, Lord? After we ask this question, we must listen for answers. Saul needed to listen to those who would help him know his own story, those who would help him write the story before him. Paul would now be a witness to the voice who called him, but he had much to learn, to find a creator of the voice by listening to others who already knew this voice. We, like Paul, are witnesses, listening to others who already know the voice. We have, heard, we, we have listened to those who have had the Damascus Road experience and those who have built the relationship with Christ gradually. All witnesses to the risen Christ and holders of the gospel story begin their journey with the same question. Who are you, Lord? May we seek. May we seek to find the answer as we journey this faith walk together. If you never ask yourself the question, today would be a great day to ask it. The altar is open for all who wish to listen for the voice of the one who is risen, the one who saves us from ourselves, and the one who is always ready to answer the question of his beloved children. The altar is open also for those who just want to hear that voice 
who've heard that voice many times and just want to have a conversation. So as our uh, praise team comes, ask that question. Lord, who are you?
Lord, as we go from this place, be our vision so that we may see only you and do what it is you have called us to do. Amen.